This podcast is a quest for well-being, a quest for a meaningful life through the exploration of fundamental truths, enlightening ideas, insights on physical, mental, and spiritual health. The inspiration is love. The aspiration is to awaken new ways of thinking that can lead us to a new way of being. Being well. Welcome to Body, Mind, and Soul Healing Conversations. There is a daily routine created by Michael Landa that is different every day. A habit of moving with awareness is what he wants to learn. The attitude is more important than the action. This involves slowing down, observing closely, and stopping the rat race. By reducing effort, increasing efficiency, and not hurting yourself, you are giving yourself the opportunity to improve. We rarely take the time to do those things. Our bodies are not well cared for by most of us. Our bodies constantly send us tiny feedback messages, which we usually ignore. The nervous system seems to need a reminder of how to listen to itself. When we were young, we all mastered this art. Lifting our heads, rolling over, crawling, and walking all came from this experience. Playing, listening, and trying many options and variations. We were attentive and curious. Learning organically takes place in this way. As adults, we seem to have lost sight of this fine and subtle art in our busy lives. It is difficult for us to re-examine our habitual patterns and take a break from them. Unlike so many of us, Michael has learned to balance the need to explore, to play, to slow down and try new things with the lack of time and peace of mind he suffers from. Creating a habit is the key to success here. His research showed that short breaks, a couple of minutes, during which you get up, stand up, make some deliberate slow movements, and then sit back down at the computer are actually quite effective. As long as you do it every day, three minutes, a tiny habit can have a huge impact. To make it manageable, you make it tiny. To make it effective, you must make it constant. And big changes begin to happen. Valeria interviews Michael Landau, He has been a Feldenkrais practitioner since 1994. This means that he teaches mindful movement and he uses the minute exploration of movement to create well-being and growth. He teaches people to take better care of themselves by developing finer and more precise awareness of themselves as they move through life. As the pandemic forced him to move all his teaching activities online, he developed a daily online practice of movement with awareness that is only three minutes long. It started as an experimental venture into the unknown, and it became a stunning success. Benefits build up and accumulate over time if you give yourself those three minutes each day. Creating the daily habit of stepping out of the hamster wheel, slowing down and looking at yourself with gentleness and care has proven to be highly transformative. Michael was a professional musician and university professor for 30 years. He has navigated through a long path of Buddhistic practice, shamanic studies, and all sorts of personal growth and healing processes. 
All these experiences inform his teachings and turn them into a holistic approach of self-care, wellness, and growth. Meet Michael at persistent-growth.com. Here's the interview with Michael Landau. In your own words, who is Michael Landau? Uh, you're starting with the most difficult question. Uh, like, yes. <laughs> tell you who I am. There, there are so many roles that I play. Like, I could define myself in, in terms of what I do in my uh, the family I have. This is this is a trick question. Why? Uh, yes, that's <laughs> so, exactly the point. <laughs> okay, so yeah. Um, let's say one thing that I that, that it, I would really like to define myself um, is the process of growth. I really try to be a human on a path of growth, of learning, of change, not going through the motions, not repeating day after day the same things, maybe... This is how I would like to define myself and hopefully be seen. Otherwise, I'm a father, a husband, a citizen of the world because I lived in three different um, continents. Uh, I'm a Feldenkrais practitioner, which means that I teach mindful movement and I try to help people um do the same, be on the path of growth, of change, um, be a little better each day and feel better. And hopefully by being better, also make this a better world. Mm. Does this answer the question? I don't yes. know. Yes, <laughs> yes, of course. I love this idea, human on the path of growth. And you say that the goal is actually to become a better human being and create a better world. Is that the goal, Michael? Um, now, in this time of my life, I feel that it is. One, because the world needs changing. Well, not, not the world, really, but our civilization's behavior in the world, the way we see ourselves, the way we... Um, see our place in the world, it needs to change. So, so this is kind of urgent. What is your vision for that change? What would that look like? Yeah, so again, it's changed over the years. So I, I, I was a, a young uh, fighter for justice and uh, politically active, and uh, I really thought I could convince people of, to see the light. I'm a little less optimistic about that. I don't think uh, change will come through politics or uh, or arguing or co convincing people. Or I don't think there are any ideas that haven't already been thought. What I think is my hope for change is that we uh, manage to change the way we see ourselves, as I said. So uh, first... Uh, become a good human being, ma make yourself the best version possible, and uh, with this inner change of um, <clears throat> of consciousness, 
I hope that this that uh, we'll have enough on critical mass to uh, to make a global change. But start with myself. I I try to be on that path and help other people be on that path. And this is my only hope for like a real revolution, I could call it. I heard you saying becoming a good human being. So that's another interesting concept. What is to be a good human being to you? Um, yeah, I don't know if good is the right word for it <laughs> yes. because it is, it is so loaded with, with values. I, um, but yeah, it has to do with not do damage try to spread the light, like be a, a positive influence on the people around you, on, on your immediate environment. Um, and yeah, and if, when I think globally, like what we, what direction we have to take as a civilization is stop doing damage. This, this would be good enough for a start. Yeah, that sounds beautiful to me. That's one of my practices, which is a spiritual practice. It's um, kind of merging kindness with wisdom. That's what the practice is. Oh, yeah, that's a nice way of putting it. Right, when we wanted to express our truth. But if we can do that with kindness, then we can make that impact on people around us. That's my main practice uh, around people, my family members. And it might be the most challenging environment <laughs> to make <Yeah>. that change. <laughs> oh, actually, speaking of spirituality, do you have any spiritual views, ideas, concepts, or practices? I, I actually, the, it is funny. I work with movement, so the 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 thing that I uh, propose and and do in my daily work with the people is a practice of movement. So it seems very concrete, but it, it is very clear to me that I always work with the whole person, that I see the whole person, that movement is an, a manifestation of the whole person. It is not a mechanical thing. It is not separate. It is not just the body doing mechanical things. So... um the, this, my spiritual vision is uh, is constantly present. So, so I'm, it, I'm, it's really holistic, and I find it very useful to to uh, go to this most concrete. We look at the body, we 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 play with movement, we change tiny things, and it is easy to change. Uh, details of movement because it is concrete and, it, and you have a clear perception of it and a clear volition to uh, to make a change. It is also not very emotionally loaded. If I ask you to move a little this way and a little that way, there, there is not much resistance to it. But but it is always about improving yourself. Not mm. just your movement. Mm. Oh, I love this so, yeah. idea. <laughs> spirit, spirit is there. It's everything, right? Everything is spiritual to me. I love this practice, which is uh, we talked briefly off record. Uh, it's called the Feldenkrais 
practice? Feldenkrais, the Feldenkrais method. Yeah. yeah. Talk to me about that, the history of that, and how did you discover it? So I grew up in Israel, and Feldenkrais lived in Israel and developed the method. Feldenkrais is the, the name of the of the creator of the method, Moshe Feldenkrais. Um, so he created it in Israel. So it's it's been present. When I was a, a kid, my mom used to go to one of his first students who lived uh, one block away. When something hurt, her neck hurt, her um, back hurt, something, she went to Gabby and had a um, session with her and came back and told and said, I have no idea what she's doing. She doesn't do anything. And my neck hurts and she she touches my big toe and then it, I feel okay and I go home. That, this was <laughs> yeah. my, my first impression as a kid of the <laughs> method. But it's, yeah. it's pretty present in Israel. Pe- people in Israel know the word, at least. So, and, and then um, a, uh, someone from my uh, um, circle of friends became a practitioner. So we had a, a group of friends who met once a week for a class, a movement class. We went to our studio. We were, um, um, there, there were mats on the ground and we did a class and then we went out to, uh, to have a beer and go to the cinema. So, so it was kind of present in my life. And for some strange reason, I, I really don't know why. Yeah. <laughs> I have no explanation for this. Yeah. When she she told us that uh, there's a, a training opening in Jerusalem, and um, she's going to be an assistant. This uh, this friend of ours who was a, a practitioner, and um, I decided to do it. I really had no idea why. I wasn't thinking of uh, of making it a career. I had another career. I was a, I'm, I was a professional musician for 30 years. So um, it it um, it just called my attention enough to want to do it. The classes were fun. I really had no idea what it's what it was all about. So I, I answered the call and I I did the training. Um, yeah, Felden Christ is now pretty much spread all around the world. Um, it is alternative. Not too many people know about it, but it is very useful in many areas because it explores movement, uh, the very basic, I could say, uh, the foundational movements, how you hold yourself, how you turn, how you deal with gravity, how you uh, balance yourself. How you reach with your arm, like the the foundational movements, the things that you do every day. If you improve any of them, how you breathe, you, you improve any of these basic things that you keep doing all the time, and there are patterns that are quite automatic. If you improve them a little bit, you've improved your life because they are present. They're present all the time, every day. So you. This is the kind of, and we explore this this kind of uh, activity. So it's it can be very therapeutic, like um, release pains, make you feel less stiff, more mobile, and it is uh, also very useful to improve um, performance. It's great. It's it's very present in in um, 
movement uh, disciplines like uh, dance, theater, singing, music. It sounds really wonderful to me. I didn't see, I mean, I didn't have not seen anything like the movement itself. I have not done the session, but I would love for you to guide me so the audience can have an idea of what it looks like. So you call it, it's a, a three minute mindful movement session. So it only takes three minutes, but it's throughout the day, right, Michael? Many times a day, not just one time a day. Okay, so now we're not talking about the classical way of doing Feldenkrais. Yeah. This is this is my oh creation. yes, right, right. So I <laughs> yes, I took this 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 way of looking into movement and exploring ourselves in movement, and I mixed it with the idea that I've been working on with myself at the time of habit creation. Like find the things that I want to do every day that uh, keeps keep me on the path in a direction where I want to go, which is like be better, improve myself, learn, grow. So I've created these very small three-minute sessions as a daily practice. So this is not the regular. Usually you go to a, a studio of a Feldenkrais practitioner, you lie on the floor and take a one-hour class and it's extended with many variations, with rest. Right. So the three minutes is is a very condensed uh, use of this uh, way of exploration, um, but with the idea of making it daily. And in my, I I offer it as a as a membership. So you join the membership, you get this one session a day, and your commitment is three minutes a day. You don't have to do it many times during the day. Do it once, and each day it's a different exploration. So I. I made it so minimal in, in the time commitment that you, that you can really do it even when you're busy, even when you don't feel like it, because it's only three minutes. So, so that's, that's the way I do it. And yeah, we can, I can guide you through a, a very short exploration so that you have an idea of what it looks like. Yes, I would love that. And that's the, one of the biggest excuses that we have, right? For not moving. I don't have time. I'm too busy most of us. So that's such a, such a great idea. Uh, I never thought about it because I usually work out for 20 minutes, 15, 20 a day, twice a day, but I never thought about a three minutes and I sit for a long time. So that's definitely not helping with my health. So yes, let's do this, Michael. Yeah. Okay. I'm ready. <laughs> so I'm, I'm not looking at the, at the clock, so it, uh, I'm not sure it's going to be exactly three minutes, but it is short. So what I'd like you to do is come to the sit at the front front edge of your chair. Yes. So that you don't you don't lean back. Just hold yourself upright. Don't try to do a, a good posture or anything. Just sit sit up, and you probably can feel your sitting bones on the chair. This is the part where where our skeleton leans into the chair, and also gets this push up from the chair to to create this tower that builds up through our spine. Okay, so just feel that. It feels better already. I was um... Okay, yeah. So <laughs> the idea is to pay attention to yourself, which, which we hardly ever do. So you just take this break and it makes a difference already. Okay, so sit up and now keep your 
your gaze at eye level in front of you and look once to the right, once to the left. So you turn your head just to see without effort. Really stay in that easy range. Don't try to get anywhere. You look once to the right, once to the left, repeat it another time. And compare both sides. For many people, one side is more willing than the other. So now we're going to stay with the right side. So we look to the right, you turn to the right and come back to the middle. And just stick to this one side. Do it a few times. You turn and you come back. Make it easy, slow, and really in the easy range. It's not about stretching. Feel, you, you can feel that your neck is turning, right? This is very clear. Okay, so now let's add to it the shoulder movement. So when you turn to look to the right, move your right shoulder a little backwards and your left shoulder a little forwards. So, and when you come back, you, you come back to the middle each time. You keep your gaze at eye level and you follow a, a horizontal line of, of sight. So probably when you use your shoulders, you can turn a little more without trying harder. Yeah. Your left shoulder goes forward, your right shoulder goes backwards. Yeah. Wow, they're okay. so tight. Oh. <laughs> yeah, don't don't push it. Okay, don't push Stay it. Stay yeah. really in the easy range. Okay. And, and feel what is moving, how you are moving, and where where the where is the, there is pain or or where, where your body says don't don't keep going. Okay, and now we're going to use the hands also, the arms. So when you you keep turning, you move the shoulders the same way. And now you put, as you turn, you put the left hand on the outside of the right knee and your right hand somewhere on the chair behind you. Behind, okay, yes. And, and come back, see? You yeah. keep going, you turn to the right, you come back. So now we're turning the arms also. Your left arm goes to the right, to the outside of the right knee, your right hand leans on the chair somewhere behind you and come back. So, okay, we're using more of the body for the same movement. And again, you probably can turn a little more without trying harder. Just notice how far you can move. Okay, one more variation. Keep doing the same a few more times. And now, as you turn, move your left knee forward and your right knee goes a little bit backwards. They stay, the, the, the thighs stay parallel, but the, the left leg seems to move forward, the right backwards. If you have a, a chair with wheels, it probably moves with you. I usually ask people to have a, a chair without wheels. To yes, do mine's but, locked, so I'm good. <laughs> but it, it's okay. So we're doing the same thing. You turn, you move your arms the same way, and you also move the knees, the left knee forward, the right knee a little bit backwards Back. towards the chair. Okay. Okay, so now also your pelvis is turning, and your sitting bones are sliding a little on the chair. Right? And you can probably see a little bit more to the right and behind you. Okay, come back to the middle, just sit up, don't do anything, feel yourself, and again, with your gaze at eye level, look to the right, 
just turn your head to look and turn to the left and compare the sides a couple of times. Okay, so this can be a one of the many, of the, an infinity of exploration and movement. Did you feel in the end any difference when you turned to the right and to the left? Yes, it was easier to turn to the left than the, the left. right. Yeah, the right, huh, I feel like it's, um, it's a discomfort. It's, uh, there's something that happens when I turn to the right mm. at the shoulder level and then the neck a bit, the neck area. So there's a bit of tightness, I would say. And did something change in the end from the beginning? We, we did it once in the beginning, look to the right and to the left, and then in the end. Did it feel in any way different? Yeah, it feels better. The right side feels better. The left is the same. It has been always good, like smooth, yeah. no effortless. Okay. But the right side, it's better now. And I felt immediately, Michael, when you asked me to sit up straight and just that, it made a huge difference already. It's I was kind of slouched in the kind of back of my chair and my posture was not good. So good in the sense of it's not comfortable, really, but it seems like the body was used to it. And then now that I, when you asked me to sit up, it just, it changed. I felt much better. Even the mind became more alert in a way. That's kind of interesting to notice. Yeah. Yeah. So, so uh, what I noticed that happens to people is that they, uh, they're fo when, if they manage to make it into a daily habit, like they do their three minutes and it's a different exploration every day. So it's not the, this one. This is one of an infinity of possibilities. Yeah. Wow. And, <laughs> that sounds like and fun. You, so they, they focus better. They have better perception of their, themselves. Like the, the, the brain map of the, of the body in movement and the, the parts of the body becomes uh, clearer with more details. And, and movement improves in general. So, when, when I do this, I record this three-minute session, I don't know if it's easier for you to turn to the right or to the left, and it doesn't really matter. And, and people, of course, can take these three minutes, and then if they do a session to one side, they feel like doing it to the other side. So they can do it right after or at uh, another time of, uh, of the day. It, it is a material that is yours. The, it's it's a basis and the commitment is so small so that you can really do it but of course of course you can always do more so yeah. if you you finish uh, the session to one side <laughs> you feel like reversing it and doing it to the other side then you do 6 minutes i love that because it's also it's also playful i notice that the body likes it and it wants to move more now i'm just kind of going up with my arms and the body became a lot more almost aware of that, that it feels good yeah, to move. Great, exactly. This is also something that I noticed with the, with the people who, who stick with me for a while, that of course the, the idea is not that these three minutes replace any other exercise or movement, you just do this and you're fine for the day. Of course not. But the idea, this is a basis of, of uh, attention and awareness of yourself. And I find out that people feel like moving more. So actually, when they do this, 
every day, they want to do more. They want to move. Exactly. You felt this. Right. Your body wants to move now. Yes. I felt that Just immediately. You pay yes. attention to it. Yes. It, it, it responds. Yeah. How amazing. So, because it's very natural to it, to move. It wants to move. But then, because we have become a lot more mind-oriented humans, then we yeah. forget about the body, that body-mind connection even. We become disconnected. That's what it is. We have become, which is yeah, sad yeah. in a way. How amazing, Mike. I love this. Yes. And now I feel almost like I want to move more. The body wants to move more. It automatically it has been activated. That's what it feels like. Right. It has been reminded to move. This is such a great idea. How does it work to get these sessions from you? I know they're all different, those three-minute mindful movement sessions. How does it work? Do they order it online? Yeah, I would love to know more about that. So the way it works uh, now is um, like a membership. It has a a very reasonable monthly fee, and you uh, you get when you when you sign up, you get uh, your daily session. You get a, a daily email with a direct link to the video, and they keep accumulating. So. When you come to day 30, you have 30 sessions at your disposal. And then you go into the second month. And, and I've created a full year of sessions. So I have th 365 sessions like this. Amazing. Each of them is different because really there's, there's no limit to, to our possibilities of, uh, of movement and to uh, the ways to explore it. So, so it's uh, it's entertaining. You never know what's coming, and you do, and you get kind of um, uh, ex to expect to look forward to your daily session. So it's it's a membership. That's how it works, and it's part of it is also some monthly calls. Um, there, there is a, a forum where we can communicate. So it's um, it, it's a it's a the idea is to create a community, not to mm. give you the material and forget about you. Right. Also, right. It's, uh, there's communication. I love that too, the community idea. So you included that. So for those, I'll have the website linked to this podcast interview, but the website is persistent-growth.com. And... I love the uh, one, the activation of the body it wants to move more now. And also the playfulness, because I felt more playful too. Something happened. And I love the curiosity also component. So we are looking forward to the next, <laughs> the next set of movement. So that has to do with um, going back to, is a return to how we used to think the brain used to function, right, Mike, as when we were children. That's how we were, but then we have forgotten to be more playful. Yeah, I, I think the, the way of thinking of the Feldenkrais method that, that, this, that is the, the inspiration of this kind of exploration is really ingenious. It is the way in which we learn. And you take the, the first two years of our lives, all of us have been through an, a tremendous process of learning. And this is before verbalizing, before theory, before uh, linear thought. We, explore, we learn through our body, we learn in movement, we learn holistically. 
And this is kind of an, an adult adaptation of this process. Like we, uh, you go into the way your nervous system works and you fiddle with little details and you play with variations. You don't try to achieve anything. You just explore and enjoy it. You, you stay in the easy range because uh, as children, we don't go to where it hurts or where, where it doesn't feel good. We only, we learn to do this as adults because our culture makes us crazy. It, it, it teaches us to not listen to our body. So, so this is like a, an, a, a tuning in, tuning back into the, the sensations the, of our body. And the sense that we are using that is called proprioception, which is the, the way we perceive our body, is a sense that we have completely forgotten. We, we, we learn that we have five senses. This is a lie. Pro proprioception and the sense of balance, like the, the vestibular system. We have other senses that are connected to the body, to the way we sense ourselves in connection to, to gravity and to the environment. And these are the senses that we used to learn originally. So theory, theory comes much later and, and is a very reduced way of learning. Like the, the verbal reading, learning facts. The more you, you talk about it, the more it makes sense to me. So body wisdom. My spiritual practices are, are a bit different. It's, um, yeah, it's kind of very intellectual, but of course it doesn't really detach there's a detachment from the body, mind, in a sense, but there's no lack of engagement. So there's a lot of engagement, but not attachment. But that's a spiritual, let's say, teaching, spiritual understanding of what this is, which we call life. But I do, I'm very aware of the body and body-mind complex and how they work together because it's just how it is. We can't really kind of step away from it. I tried before through spiritual understandings to kind of almost ignore my body and my, the mind, but then it, it doesn't work. You have to embrace everything. There's no separation, really. No, I totally agree with you. It's, uh, I, I, uh, I find this, in spite of the fact that it really looks very concrete, like as if it is about movement. Mm, yeah. One of the of the first <laughs> articles that, that appear if you join the membership, there are some texts that accompany the practice. And one of one of the first ones is called It's Not About Movement. Mm, yeah. <laughs> so like, yes. I, I make the, I, I would like to make clear the, the the idea that we use movement to connect to ourselves and to, to kind of reconnect to the body as, an, as the physical expression of the spiritual beings that we are. So, so you don't want to forget this. Oh, I love that. So thank you for saying that too. Right. It's kind of using the movement to go on that journey of awakening who we are or what we are, that spiritual component. So that really resonates with me. Of course, everything you do since the very beginning when I came across your work, it really felt spiritual to me. That was my perception. That was the message that came with it. So I really thank you for giving us what we need. Most of us human beings need at this time, which movement, 
but having that intention to make a deeper impact into the realization of who we are, essentially. So I really thank you for that brilliant idea, <laughs> Path. Oh, yeah. I hope it spreads around. Yeah, it is, it is necessary and it can take us in on this path of healing, healing our relationships with our body as a first step to healing our relationship with, with the physical world, with the planet. It feels to me like part of the same. Yes, so that's how it used to be. The ancient cultures, they understood that clearly, that everything was connected. So they treated the body, the land, others, the community, the family, every, the same, same way, with a lot of care. So there was a lot of respect for everything. Yeah. But then, yeah, we kind of um, evolved in a different direction. <laughs> that you have a, actually a blog post that talks about that. I think it's called Evolution. Are we advancing yeah. with a question mark? Maybe you can talk a bit about that now since we are on the topic, Michael. Yeah, I, I have the feeling that our um, our civilization is kind of an um, has, has been sidetracked from evolution. I mean, we've we've been there. There have been human humans like us for a million years on this planet, and like humanoids or kind of before people almost people for 3 million years so you you look at the at the time span of what we call uh, civilization and we have this this false idea as if this is where we were aiming at all this time so the ancient people weren't clever enough to get there yet but we did this is so terribly false and and the and so I, I really think that, that we've gone in the wrong direction. And this maybe maybe in the last ten thousand years and it's been spreading and our our civilization is so powerful that it pretty much conquered the whole world and it seems like this is what humanity is all about. But it is it is wrong. Really, and and it is very clear that it's wrong because it's failing. I mean, if we keep keep going the same way that we're going now, we won't be here for very long. So, so <laughs> I'm I'm not saying we have to go back to the caves and to the trees, but there is something in the in the thinking in in the way of storytelling and understanding ourselves as stewards of. Uh, of the planet um, has been lost. Now, now we, we conquer everything. We, we have conquered the planet. We've conquered the oceans. We are now conquering the uh, space, and and we're killing everything on the way. So mm, something is wrong, and something needs to to re <laughs> recalculate. Um, the, the 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 direction in which we're going. Yes, very much true. So it feels to me like it's a fear-based kind of evolution. We kind of went in that direction of fear. We have given to fear a lot more than love. So I really see those two 
choice is coming from those two, uh, let's say, places, fear and love. So I think that's, it feels to me that that's what it is. Does it make sense to you, Michael, that we are? Yeah, yeah. I think um, the, the, the part that, that takes us in the fear direction is, is disconnection. Yes, and right. disconnecting from our from our right. bodies is is kind of is one expression of this. We're, we're disconnected from everything, from one another, from from nature, from other species, from uh, plants. It is it is all they are all assets or, or resources to uh, to use. So we we have disconnected. And yeah, so, so resources are limited, so we need to fight for them. And we are, we, we're afraid that there will be too little. Yeah. Ah. I, I, I agree with that. It's, uh, and, and what I'm doing or trying to do is like a, a little drop into reconnect. You connect with your body and, uh, it, as you notice, something happens. You, you feel like moving. There is some, some curiosity, something wakes up that is part of who we are. And I think this is the, the healthy part that is waking up. That's exactly it. I love that you said that this connection, right? It's a, the separation, even from the body. And then we are mistreating the body, you see, with addiction, alcohol use and all that. Yeah. And sitting on chairs for many hours a day. This is also mistreating the body. So true. This is a beautiful reminder for all of us as a practice. You just reminded me, reminded the body to, I already move throughout the day, but it's um, why I sit here, even throughout this, those interviews that I host, I felt like the body wanted to move. Even sitting here, it was open to move. Um, yeah, what a beautiful reminder. Thank you so much, Mike, for this idea, <laughs> putting this out there. And I'll share this with my community. And um, I wish for everyone to engage with this because it's, I really felt it today, how powerful it is. We're almost at the end. I do have a few more questions for you, the ending questions. But before that, would you like to add anything else that you left unsaid for today's conversation, Michael? Yeah, maybe maybe a, a reminder to anybody who listens to this. I mean, of course, you're welcome to uh, to join my membership. But if you don't, just take one minute a day, three minutes a day to stop, stop what you're doing, and turn your your inner gaze inwards and look at yourself. Just feel yourself, your body, your breathing. Just. Pay attention to the way you breathe and how you move as you breathe, because we are always we are moving constantly. So this is a, an important part of of being alive. So just do that, and something will shift over time. If you if you make this into a daily habit, you're you're doing something good for yourself. Yes, I love your work. I love your intention. I love your work, and I love the impact of this. <laughs> that could make a huge impact in our lives. And I will, I will engage a lot more. You just reminded me to ex do exactly that. Just stop, pause. It, it feels almost like an active meditation, really. Yeah, yeah, I see it like this. I, I call it mindful movement. When, yeah, when I'm asked, right, right. Nobody knows what Feldenkrais is, so I say I teach mindful movement. This is it. 
It is movement, being mindful of your movement. Yeah, what a beautiful practice. One that I will engage in. And, and that's what you keep saying, that if we make this a habit, then it happens. A change will automatically follow. So it is making a habit because most of our habits, they are automatic. That is uh, so true. So if we can shift a bit, change those habits, then everything changes. And I love the way you say it. I actually have the title of this episode, the way something that caught my attention is the way you phrase it, a daily movement routine that is different every day. So it is a habit, but it's different. It's not like a routine, a habit that's stiff. It is the same thing. It's different. So keeps the body and mind engaged at that level. So my ending questions for you, I'll ask you this one. What do you love most about being in the body? Oh, when, when, I, when I find this uh, wholeness of where I can't, can't say that I am in my body or that I am a body with a soul attached to it, when I have this real feeling of wholeness, like I'm one and the body is in, is one manifestation of it and my soul and my spirit and uh, my my thoughts, my mind, my emotions, they're, they're not parts. It's when I'm one, really. And movement can bring me there. Movement with awareness, like the the, the kind of thing that I'm trying to do every day. It really, it can really bring me to that point where I, I just don't feel that I am in my body, that I'm, I'm really one with it. That's a very profound insight, right? That you're not in the body. There's not something in there that it's, uh, I mean, there's life force, but those are energies. Yeah, the consciousness or, or God, source, it um, includes everything, right? And it's not in the body, right? It's everywhere. <laughs> That's a profound understanding that takes um, some work, some practice to to go deeper into it and really realize it. But I love that you said that. Is this your idea of freedom that you just described when you you speak of oneness, kind of I am one with everything? Is that what you call freedom? Uh, I, I I, I speak about freedom in a different context. As... um, going out of the automatic pilot so so it it is more concrete like that we have we have our habits our automatic ways of doing things our nervous system create those uh big structures of responding to things in the same way for things that we need to repeat and we want that. We want that automatic pilot. We don't want to reinvent the wheel for every action we do uh, every day because uh, it takes a lot of brain resources. But but you want to be able to to examine those habits, like t- take a look at them, stop the automatic pilot, and realize that there are options, play with options, play with variations. This is what I... Y- how I use uh, freedom is the concept of freedom. Like when you create new options, you you do you find better options. You can decide 
if you go for the automatic uh, version or you do something else. Mm, yes. So, so, so I use I use freedom like in a, in that context, and it's a it's a it's a nervous system function. You want the automatic pilot. It is very useful, and you want to be kind of in charge outside of it. Yes, we're just playing with possibilities, right, Michael? That's what it sounds like. Yeah, yeah. Know that there are options and uh, play with them. And and when you, when you use your awareness of that in, in this way, like exploring yourself in action, it, and it, it works with emotions, it works with uh, thoughts, not, not just with movement. Right. We can apply that to anything. Thank you so much again for your presence here today on this community, Fit for Joy and a Quest for Wellbeing. I thank you for your intention, the work you're doing and your wisdom. Thank you so much, Mike, for thank sharing you for who you are. Thank you for inviting me, Valeria. It was a pleasure. <laughs> and before we say goodbye for today, what is the best way to learn more about what you do, about you and what you do? Is that the same website or do you have other places, Michael? The, the website persistent-growth.com is uh, where you can find everything. I have, I'm, I'm active on Instagram and in Facebook. I'm going to start a podcast. Ah, wonderful. <laughs> also, yeah. it's, uh, it's coming, it's coming. Uh, but I guess on my website, you can find all the rest. Yes, and I'll have the link on this podcast profile. Thank you again, and we'll talk soon. Bye for now, Michael. Bye-bye. Thank you for listening. To learn more about Michael Landau and his work, please visit persistent-growth.com. To learn more about this podcast, please visit fitforjoy.org slash podcast. Thank you again for listening and bye for now.